history buffs like my mom really enjoyed reading about various things and aspects of history. My mom loved American history and many here, even many that I know, love European history. Personally, I have learned to love history and it usually centers around the biblical texts like the nations of Persia, Babylon, uh, Greece, and Rome. I love that type of history, especially as it helps me understand scripture. Scripture itself can be studied for his, its historical value. But more importantly, they share a purpose to teach us about God's will, his values, and his purpose. But the purpose of this gospel, that is the gospel of John, which is where our studies are going to lead us in the next very, uh, in the future, um, is not just about a history lesson but a proof that shows who Jesus is and why we should follow him. John puts it this way, John chapter 20, 30 and 31. Now Jesus did many other signs which are not written in this book, but these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life in his name. The sermon is called, These Have Been Written. So the first point is value of ignorance. Well, that's an interesting point, I think. Value of ignorance. Whoever said that ignorance was bliss ended up not being too blissful, I'm sure. Now, for those who believe preachers and their families should be perfect, of course, I know it's hard for you to think that I'm not perfect, but reality is I'm here to tell you your life will be managed better if you stop believing in fairy tales because I'm not perfect and my family's not perfect. Um, well, that's kind of why we need somebody who is, isn't it? But back to my imperfection. A cop pulled me over. Can you believe that? A cop pulled me over. Yes, sir. Is there a problem that I can help with? Now that I'm in thinking about my insurance rising and that... Um, extra ticket that's going to change my monthly budget. Did you see the stop sign that you drove through? Uh, no, I did not see the stop sign. Now, what do I know even before continuing with this story? Ignorance concerning the law is not valuable. It carries no value. Evidently, I walked into a police trap, right? No, I did not. It happened that many people at this intersection were missing the stop sign and many had received tickets. And the reason for this turns out to be a tree. There was a tree, a fluffy, nice tree that has grown and was manicured in such a way that you cannot see the stop sign. Now, if I had behaved in a ridiculous way with the officer, regardless of whether I saw the sign or not, I could still get a ticket. So I remained calm, hoping that it's all going to work out in my favor. Fortunately for me, the officer had mercy on me, right? He had mercy, why? Because ignorance is not a reason for me not to get a ticket. Just because I couldn't see the sign didn't mean the sign wasn't there. 
it was interesting to me that he did not do a couple things. One, he did not blame the tree. And he did not blame the owners of the tree. I was still responsible for the situation. So he said, hey, next time you drive through this area, remember that it's there. Spiritually, Satan loves it when he blocks God's signs concerning his divine will. Does that mean our ignorance will save us from our penalty? Well, evidently not. That is why God has been so good at teaching us his will throughout time. He doesn't make it difficult for people to understand what he wants, to understand his will. Imagine now a spiritual tree, a spiritual bush blocking God's sign leading to his will. It's manicured. It's green. It might even have fruit on it and definitely provide shade. Maybe some of you might be thinking, why would we chop down such a beautiful tree? It looks so beautiful. And this reminds me of the story of Gideon in Judges chapter 6. Called by God to bring Israel out of the hands of the Midianites and the Amalekites. But before God called him to do that, to destroy the enemies, Gideon needed to destroy a spiritual tree that was in the midst of the people. The altar of Baal that was built by his own dad. God said, hey, you need to cut that down. You need to break that down. He got 10 of his servants to do it. He did it at night, if I remember right, so that nobody noticed until the next day. So Satan creates distractions that hides God's will. But Gideon obeyed God, and the people benefited him. Now the decision to cut the tree, the spiritual tree that's blocking God's sign, should be obvious. Sadly, though, people enjoy the distraction that's made more than following God's sign. But what is God good at? He is very good at making his signs visibly clear. But even with God, there is no value in ignorance. Value is seen in following the signs of salvation he has given us. And the Gospel of John is very good at pointing out these signs. The second point, Cousin John. Cousin John. The U.S. government gives it, uh, uses ambassadors to foreign countries, don't they? Now, this is no small task, not at all. I imagine they look for the best man or woman to fulfill this position. A certain education, a certain ability maybe with languages, if it's a foreign language. Understanding law, I think, would be a very important thing of the other country as well as our own. Also, a very good understanding of the peoples to which they are sent. I remember living in Austria for a little bit. They do a socialistic country and one of the things that you deal with in socialistic countries is the power of the bribe you have to be ready with some extra cash in case the person who's in charge of the town and your building comes by and says hey it's time for inspection 
Well, if you don't give him in a little extra cash, he might not pass you or he might not come back for another year and then you're set with fines and difficulties. This is part of that socialistic process that you would study about if you studied those kind of English, uh, those type of business practices. But the ambassador is very important. Their goal is not to represent themselves, but to understand what the U.S. government was represented. You see, John, Scripture says, was sent by God. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John chapter 1, verse 6. You see, presumably John was very well studied in the law and the prophets. He knew what was right and wrong according to the law. And he was directed by God to do God's will. What might he know concerning God's past ambassadors to Jewish people? He might know that a lot of them didn't come off scot-free, did they? They had a hard time talking to the Jewish people as ambassadors for God, whether they be judges or prophets or kings or whoever. I don't get the picture that Cousin John was a soft man. That he was quiet with his words or even a great politician. But he was a man who knew God's will. He even wasn't afraid to go talk to Roman rulers about that, was he? God wanted him to do a certain ministry. To tell people about the one. The one we know as Jesus Christ. John chapter 1. Verses 29 through 34. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 34 says this, The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is, a, this is of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God. God. Now we know that John and Jesus would have known each other. They were cousins. So when G John says, I did not know him, what was he referring to? Well, it wasn't the idea that he was kept separate from Jesus as a child. It was the idea he didn't know that he was the Son of God yet until the Holy Spirit came down on him. In that respect, he did not know him yet. I've met a lot of parents who knew their children were prodigies, whether it be sports or science or even the ministry. Boy, my son's going to be a prodigy in the field of ministry. We are going to get the best for their future, only to find out later that the child doesn't really want what the parents wanted or he wasn't the prodigy that they thought. Though John was picked and his mom and dad were pleased, his role 
was to testify. His role was to testify about the light. Not about him. It wasn't about him. To bear proof who the light is. To die for the light. For we understand witness means or has the idea of being a martyr. It's Jesus Christ whom he is there to serve. Now that's not a bad mission to point people to the one who can eternally save people. And John was that man, that ambassador, the one who brought us to the one. Now, I like signs that guide, but they are never helpful when they're not used. Many of the Jewish people were looking forward to the coming Christ. Yes, the Christ is coming. Where is he? We know people were looking left and right and behind every building. Where is the Christ who's going to save us from Rome? Our Savior. Even John admitted to those looking for the prophesied Christ that he wasn't the Christ. They even thought John might be the Christ. Are you the Christ? No, I'm not the Christ. What made them look at John? Maybe it was his clothing, his diet. Oh, I haven't had a good locust in a while. Boy, that John. Maybe it was his ministry. Maybe it was his ministry. Scripture doesn't teach that John himself performed miracles, and yet people were thinking that he might be the Christ. But something made them think he was special for Israel, as we read in John chapter 1, 19 through 28. John admitted that he was a guide. His guidance, though important, was meant to bring people to the one. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. His job is to prepare the path. John chapter 1, verse 23. But John did declare that the Christ was among them. John chapter 1, 26 through 27. I watched the movie Patton the other day. If you don't know who Patton is, he's a famous general in World War II. Now, he was famous, though you either loved him or you hated him. And I think it just ran up and down the slide all the time. He was not a diplomat, but a soldier through and through. However, his mouth got him into a lot of public opinion trouble. During his time, he was an asset to the war effort, though. He accepted following the decisions of those who were above him, and he expected those below him to follow his. He called a chaplain to his side, according to the movie. I found this quite interesting. Yes, sir, what can I do for you? I want you to write a prayer. I want you to write a prayer on the weather. You want me to write a prayer on the weather? Yes, I want you to write a prayer on the weather. You see, the story surrounds the Battle of the Bulge, the thing that happened in Bastogne between Americans and German. The winter weather was overwhelming. If you ever studied that, you realize how our American side was so depleted from supplies. They couldn't get the planes in because of the clouds, the weather for months and months or however long that was. And Patton was even having an awareness of that because he knew the troops that were there were ill-supplied. 
Now the chaplain complies, of course he does, because Patton is a three-star general or at this point. But he's kind of portrayed as the one who doesn't understand, so he walks away going, oh, a prayer for weather. Now Patton gets this well-thought-out prayer on a piece of paper, and it was well thought out. If they used the exact prayer, I thought the guy did a fabulous job. And Patton reads it, but he doesn't read it as a prayer. He doesn't read it in front of people. He just reads it to, to God that was written by this chaplain. The next day, guess what? The weather cleared up. And he declared that the chaplain should be distinguished because he must be close to God. Well, the point is, Patton ordered it, and it was done. And the chaplain obeyed. It's important to understand what it means to follow our leaders. And Jesus, about whom these things have been written, is the one we should follow. You see, Jesus follows the Father's will. And he does it because he loves the Father. Not only did Jesus follow God's will, but Jesus also expects us to follow His will. Sometimes it may seem we just shake our heads going, I just don't get why you're asking me to do this. As it did with Patton's chaplain. But there's a big difference between Patton and Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. And there are things He just wants us to follow and listen to. I want you to think about God's love, Jesus' love, as I read the first four verses of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and without Him, Nothing that was made could be made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. If you haven't figured it out yet. God is an integral part of history. And the history to understand is demonstrated by his love. These have been written. That is, the signs Jesus did. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. The lesson is called, These Have Been Written. First point is value of ignorance. There is none. There is no value in ignorance. Second point is cousin, cousin John. What a great ambassador Jesus had that God sent to prepare the way for the Lord. And third point is the one. Jesus is the one about whom these things have been written. So if you want to have eternal life, follow his signs.
It has been good to see everybody here today. There may be some prayer requests among us or some thoughts that need to be shared. If you need to do at this time one of those things, please come forward now as together we stand and sing.